0: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at ecknerwall 23 Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe maybe you can be a winner of a Locked On Sox prize pack 312-566-8727. It's the way you can reach us for Locked On Socks voicemail. We've already seen a couple people going during the game and something specifically oh, irritating <laughs> White Sox fans right now. And if you're irritated to Locked On at gmail.com or 312-566-8727. But without any further ado, and folks, Before you listen to this, definitely check out Barrett Sports Media's article on Chris Tannehill because he deserves it. Check it out if you have it. If you have, check it out again. Retweet it and I'll tell your friends. But here is Chris Tannehill.
1: Oh, thank you. You know, there's plenty to complain about tonight, Herbie, and it is tonight. We don't have to refer to the game as yesterday. We're posting tonight after the game. Uh, let me check in with Bill Walton and see how the White Sox did tonight. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. Now. We are brought to you today by our friends, our good friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Herb, I'm going to say something pretty controversial here on the show, okay? And I don't want to – This, these are the opinions of me, myself, Chris Tannehill, not necessarily of Herb Lawrence, the Locked On White Sox podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, of Tegna or uh, Odyssey these these are my opinions and my opinions alone and uh, I, I you know I'm just going to put it out there because I, I live my life here on this show and I, I, you know I say I call it like I see it and I, I, I say it like I feel it every time but I'm going to say something very controversial right now and if, if you don't like controversy I suggest you turn away for a bit here but I'm going to say something that I've firmly believed for a long time and it just keeps coming up, and I, I hate having to to say this again, you know, because I, you know, I know everyone's trying out there. But uh, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm starting to think that LeUri Garcia can't bunt.
0: <laughs> I don't know what has led you to this con- conclusion. It is it is wild. I know it's, it's very, very accusatory. It's it's. Putting your career on the line with this. I'm sorry. better back it up.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, he went up there uh, and tried to bunt, and he couldn't again. It (laughs) it happens all the time.
0: And the best thing (laughs) after it. Jason just says, <laughs> hey, Why should, we are we should, we, should
1: we hear it? Let's let's hear it. The Sox yes. the Sox win tonight. Uh, it was a fun game. We'll get to the good stuff, but there's plenty of bad to talk about.
0: Fastball slider for the most part. He'll dabble with a changeup as Garcia pops up a bunt and Quantrill. Yeah, that's makes a, that's, a, out. that's a good play. <laughs> um, after you catch it, you just put it on the grass. Uh, yes. It doesn't really work that way. But Nobody saw. Yeah." Le- Leary Why are we bunting? Well, I, I can't believe that's a signal. I think Leary's doing it on his own. But the thing is, you got to catch the ball with the bat. Leary stabs at it, and he drops the head of the bat and pops everything up. It's just the technique is not there. So if he's going to do that, the technique has got to be a bit better. Yeah, I, I. You got three straight hits. There's a new pitcher. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, one of those things. <laughs> I don't know. Not a good one of those things, but one of those things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll just leave it at that, but I'm glad you caught that. That uh, was a great moment by Jason and Stoney there. Uh, that's evergreen, by the way. Why are we bunting, uh, for God's sakes? Um, the Sox are winners 8-5 to today in Cleveland. And uh, it, was, it was a satisfying win. It got a little dicey there at the end uh, with uh, Cody Hoyer having to exit the game. Couldn't get the job done. Maybe he's not a closer after all. Maybe we should applaud Rick Hahn and his Teflon suit for acquiring a closer. Liam Hendricks comes on and puts the Indians to, to rest in short order here. Um, but you know we'll we'll get into the other things that offended our baseball sensibilities in a little bit. There's plenty of time for that. But Herb, let's let's talk about the offense tonight, man. This was a, this was a fun one. You know the Sox, you know got this one going. They got on the board early here, and they've scored leading into today's game. This is now seven straight games uh, that the Sox have scored in the first inning. That's their longest single season streak since a seven game stretch from. August From July 31st to August 6th of 2005, and something good happened that year. You remember that year. The White Sox were basically leading every game after the first inning. You get pods on, you get them over with a Gucci, and you sacrifice fly them in. Uh, so the White Sox, when they, when they score early, usually good things happen, especially when your pitching staff is holding you down like Carlos Rodon has been. So Luis Robert hits a double to get things going. They get him over, and your guy's slappy. Gets him in. Socks get out to an early uh, one to nothing lead, and then oh boy, soon after, TA.
0: Tim a drive, center field, loop low at the wall. Bring him home. Two nothing. Socks. Pasta for Tim Anderson.
1: Yeah, and you could tell he got all of it. Uh, He did not miss it. He knew he got all of it, and uh, that's what TA does, man. We, We you know we we talk about every. Victory, Tim Anderson is doing something great to help this team. So, we, you know, it's, we're beating a dead horse at this point. We all know the great things Tim Anderson does to help this team. And they're a much better team when he's out there and he's performing. And everyone just has a little bit more juice when he's out there. But I think the big story tonight uh, Pito's back, Herb.
0: Yes, indeed. He is. Before we go to him, I want to give credit because I'm going to shit on him later. <laughs> Andrew Vaughn, not Andrew Vaughn, but Andrew Vaughn with a good productive yeah. out right there to get Ru- Luis Robert to third. First pitch hits the ball to the right side of the infield. And then Nick Magical does the same or scores the run with a ground out uh, uh, a ground out RBI. So that was a good job by Nick Magical getting contact with the ball and driving in the run. Tim, of course he's the guy i love him and he knew he had it. he posted up on that but as you said this offense goes uh, farther if pito does pito things
1: so i was listening on the on the radio len and dj uh um, we you know this was a five o'clock central start time we get out of the building at six at the score studios so i put on len and dj and dj so smart one of the best analysts in the business was talking about Uh, Jose Abreu and his struggles in April and a lot has been made of these struggles and you know Josh Nelson and Sox Machine had a great write up today and you know they had all the stats to back it up and that was a big point of contention on Twitter today is why is Jose Abreu struggling and the long and short of it you know people were making excuses about the weather or you know I saw Sean Anderson talking about how maybe the the loss of of Eloy's kind of it hit him hard a little bit and maybe he's like feeling the expectations and you know living up to what it is to be an MVP and a lot of these things you know that maybe they matter maybe they don't but at the end of the day, Jose Bray had not been hitting, and he wasn't hitting the fastball, and usually Jose crushes fastballs. So DJ, very astutely, uh, was talking about those struggles, and he was very poignant, as he is one to be.
0: But he still has time to get hot quick and turn those numbers around. Yeah, a little over a week left in the month, and he powders one to left. As you were saying, this baby's gone. A long home run for Jose Abreu, career homer 2-0-1, and it's 3-1. to uh,
1: Len's new here. We won't beat him up too much, but it's just, uh, you know, just do the call, and then at the end you go, you were saying? <laughs> that, that's all you yes. got to do. That's, that's how it's done. But, yeah, it's how good is it? And then Abreu homers again later on in the game, and it appears, though, as as if he's back. And, it you know, Tim may start everything. He gets everything going at the top. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you talk about the success of the White Sox, it's about those two guys right there. It's about Pito and T.A. And when Jose's hitting, it really it feels like it becomes contagious at that point because, you know, I don't know if it's anecdotal, but, you know... Sack, you know, he had the breaking stuff working early, you know, those sinkers, people just ground out after ground out, but then he started leaving them up a little bit. Jose made him pay and then the offense really kind of fell in line after that. But I don't know if it's any coincidence or not that when Jose gets hot, everyone else starts to feel a little bit, but it's it's definitely good to see that hopefully maybe we can put these struggles of Jose Abreu to rest.
0: Yeah, and uh, I just think it's Jose's usually batting third or fourth. And so if he's getting hot, that means he's scoring and driving in multiple runs because either Tim or Eaton or Mankata's on before him. So he's driving in those guys with the home run or a single or a double. And he was our only guy, and this is, continues to be a thing, only guy that came through with a runner in scoring position today. So, maybe- Oh, yeah,
1: Zach Plesak was not happy about that either.
0: Oh, not at all. <laughs> he
1: was bouncing up and down on the mound. I thought we were going to get a, a Ted Lilly glove toss there, Chris Collins. Yeah, like a petulant child out there. Oh, so great. I
0: love that. But the only good part about, I mean, the only one of the good parts about the White Sox struggle of people leaving people on base. They only left four today. That's good. But yes, Abreu is making the offense go from one level to the next. Because I think that his placement in the lineup is key, and he's MVP. And I, I get the struggles in April. If I was a person that was used to warm weather and then have cold weather be a thing, like even us in Chicago, we're every year like, goddamn, it's too cold here. Imagine if you grew up 20, 30 years of being warm every day of your life and then coming to this bone chilling cold bone
1: chilling cold yeah, right. one, word. one word yeah
0: <laughs> um so i uh, yeah i would i would understand that being a problem but jose's a professional the numbers are gonna post as the other guy on the other side of town always does anthony rizzle starts off slow and then at the end of the year you look up the numbers are there and i feel the same way about jose i think people were a little bit. Taken aback because last year was so strong but remember the season started in July and August so it's already warm he's already accustomed to the weather it's all good and he the spring training was here and the second spring training was here so him starting hot and going for 60 games and winning the MVP is one to happen and those are the months that he does kill anyway so just relax people Jose will be there I have no doubts even though he started out slow no doubts that Jose will be the guy that he usually is
1: Sox bang out 11 hits tonight, uh, T.A. with a hit, Eaton with a hit, Moncada with a hit, Abreu three hits tonight, Grandal two hits tonight, including uh, a blast, as you hear right here in one of the more aesthetically th- pleasing things you see in all of baseball, the left-handed side,
0: Yaz bat drop. 2-2 pitch, swing and a high drive to right. Naylor back. He's at the barrier. It's gone. Grand goes yard. Two run homer. It's seven to two.
1: That was just. I, we love that. We we that's. We don't text a lot about the game during the game, but whenever Yaz does Yaz things, and then I saw the uh, White Sox talk Twitter account saying people don't talk about Yasmani's bat drop enough. Hello, are you not listening to the show?
0: White Sox talk is always <laughs> trying to steal thunder. We were on the Yasmani thing. I mean, the Yasmani on the your mean thing first, and then they were like, "Oh, Chuck's the guy." And now, come on, now we've been talking about Yasmani's bat drop. That's one of the only thing he does well. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, we'll a get second. to that. Oh god,
1: they're still pouring but, in, Herb. All the voicemails oh are Jesus. still pouring in. We'll get to it.
0: But he, it's sweet. I think only in the in the whole league, only his teammate yoan Manca has got a sweeter home run bat drop, bat toss, bat side and swing. So he knows when he got it. I don't know why <laughs> Naylor was running back to the wall like he was caught it. He should have looked at Yasmani, dropped that bat, and said, "Okay, I just don't need to move then."
1: So, Yasmani with the home run tonight. Uh, Luis Robert, Herb. Mm-hmm. Three three hits tonight. Luis mm. Robert, all of a sudden you look up, he's hitting 310, Herb, and it seems like every game, Luis Robert's got himself a couple of hits, and it seems like he knows what he's doing, and again, we, we talk about Luis Robert a lot because he's our, our new toy for White Sox fans, and you, and you want to see him do cool things, but he hasn't even had a half a season of Major League Baseball experience yet, so we've seen him go through all the ups and downs, and he's made the early adjustment here we're not even in, in May and he's making the adjustment and he's making a lot of solid contact and he's, he's going the other way a lot he's hitting the ball hard and it's certainly a, an interesting development here uh, with Luis Robert hitting the ball in the cold weather no less
0: yeah the first one you're talking about where he made the adjustment it was fooled he was way out in front of a changeup or a pitch way outside the zone but he's got power to drive that ball into left field and then get the double there, I don't know why anybody, much less uh, Cleveland pitchers who have seen him a couple times, pitch him in the zone. Luis Roberts going to hit balls in the zone, but he's also going to swing at balls outside the zone. So to throw him anything in the zone, fastball, cu- curveball change, is idiotic. And now you see he took that as a double, later had an infield single because the guy – Maybe these guys don't know that he can run a little bit (laughs) like he's he caused this infield single because he made the guy uh, mess up a little bit. So, yeah, the guy is coming around and I didn't think he would be 310, 351 in the first couple weeks of the season. It's very, very thrilling to see. Maybe moving him up to top six hitters will be more likely because I'm tired of seeing Guys like Larry Garcia, even though he came in as a as a uh, replacement, I hope my guy uh, uh, your mean is fine. But we need to move that production up to fifth or sixth in the lineup because there's way too much goodness there to be batting seventh. It seems like he's getting punished for all the other people um, being up there in the lineup. And I, right now, Yasmani Grandal does not need to be in front of him right now. Absolutely not. Only the reason he's there is because of left handedness.
1: Uh, Andrew Vaughn with a base hit and a really nice uh, defensive play late in that ball game as well where he saved at least mm-hmm. two, two runs. And even when you're not you know uh, helping your team with the bat that much you know it, it's nice to help your team in the field and it was a, a game where your means started at first base and we'll get to that after a quick timeout and we'll get to some of the bad along with uh, Carlos Rodon you know we'll, we'll, we'll start really? good and we'll get to bad uh, we'll take a quick timeout here and talk about Rodon's outing and some of the things that are problematic for the White Sox after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends a new sponsor welcome on into the show 1010 10 a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by the 10 most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life, and she deserves it, doesn't folks they're available now through mother's day only only at blue nile.com that's blue nile.com search the words 10 by 10 this collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and they're fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful i'm on blue nile.com right now and one design that stuck out to me is number five lola fenhurst This designer out of Paris has crafted a quiet yet luxurious ring with beautiful ascending beads, which is a good metaphor for a union. You can purchase that ring at the 10x10 collection now at BlueNile.com. That's the number five Lola Fenhurst out of Paris. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10x10 only at BlueNile.com. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's become impossible for your traditional chain storefront to stock all those parts that your car's ever going to need. So why endure that process of going into the store and asking what you think are dumb questions, and you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory on their computer, and they only choose the brands that they happen to carry? Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of auto parts at rockauto.com in your pocket it's right there on your phone silly you know there's a lot of reasons to maintain your automobile i know herb and i are thinking about hitting the road here we're making our road trip plans for pittsburgh in june and I know if I'm going to be driving, I want to make sure my car is running in tip-top shape. You know, we're approaching a couple hundred thousand miles on that thing and, you know, I want to make sure Herb and I are safe on the road to Pittsburgh. So, whatever my car is going to need to keep me on the road longer, I'm going to go to rockauto.com and get those parts. And I know by shopping at rockauto.com, those prices are going to be reliably low. Not just for me, not just for you, but for everybody. You see, because those chain stores, they charge different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers and professional mechanics. But not rock auto.com their prices are always reliably low they've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet I think I'm going to need some new air freshener before we hit the road here with her whether it's your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks and best of all it's delivered right to your door so go to rockauto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck write the promo code LOCKEDON in their how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com This year the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts and the Draft Network's national experts subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch the live three day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st all right, so Carlos Rodon tonight, he was flirting with uh, Johnny Vandermeer, with uh, someone who'd throw back-to-back no-hitters. I, I speculated, we all made our guesses on the uh, Parkinson spiegel show, when he would give up his first hit. I think the over-under was set at two innings. I, I took the the under. I said it was going to be the first batter of the game, knowing that Honus Luplo was there lurking. Uh, he was able to uh, not surrender a hit. He gave up a couple walks in the first inning, didn't give up the first hit until... Luplos home run so I was I was right but but not right I just had the timing wrong but uh, Rodon though got himself into a little bit of trouble but he pitched around it we'll talk about the trouble in a second but it's now it's looking like this is a real thing Carlos Rodan, the reigning AL player of the week following his no-hitter last week and now it looks like he's he's strung together a few really really good starts here. And now, dare I say, Carlos Rodon is a is a guy that you can count on to be a, a stopper in this rotation. I don't care; you can slot him at number five. But the way he's out there performing, battling with the good stuff all combined, like he's a, a guy that you can count on now for the White Sox. Finally, after uh, you know drafting him six years ago, now you can count on him.
0: I think that Carlos Rodon, like we've said before. He, When he pitches, 100%, you can count on on him to give you a quality effort. Maybe not to this level because he's been fantastic in these three starts that he has for the White Sox. But health is his problem. So that's what my hesitation is. But this start in particular, very impressive for me because he didn't have it. You could tell either the coldness... He didn't have a feel for his changeup initially. His slider wasn't crisp. His fastball was mid-90s. It wasn't 98-99 like it was in the no-hitter, but it was mid-90s. It was doing its job. He struck out eight, walked five, but to pitch over a couple of his airs, a couple of his team's airs, and give up a minimal amount of damage, I was more impressed with this start than the one he had before with Cleveland because – The one we had before Cleveland, he was just filthy. He was nasty out there, and they could not see him. This one, he didn't have his stuff. He battled through, and I think old Rodon and anybody else who's in a rotation that is not sure of themselves maybe gives up more runs where there's bases loaded, no one out. I think he only gave up one run in that regard, so... I was very impressed by his bulldoggedness in this game more than I was in the no-hitter. And, of course, the no-hitter is impressive, and it's awesome. The game score is much bigger than the 58 he had in this one. But adversity, he went through it, and he picked his teammates up after they put him down.
1: All right, so the uh, the MLB box score, the game day, play-by-play, will mislead you here. you talked about some of that trouble that he pitched around uh, the Sox after getting out to their uh, – Their three to one lead there. Excuse me. It was uh, it was yeah three to one lead there in the fourth Mm -hmm. inning. Uh, Bottom of the fourth. Ahmed Rosario reaches uh, on a fielding error by Nick Madrigal. It was later credited. Uh, if you want to call it an error credited to someone, but the the, the error was taken away from Madrigal and placed upon mean Mercedes, which I did not agree with. I thought that was the incorrect call, but it was just a, another bad play and a, a play that was like, you know, a 40, 40 feet away from Jermaine uh, where Madrigal fielded that ground ball, and it's that type of stuff right there, and you, you saw it. It compounded after that, but let's just talk about the play right there. It's, it's a play that's got to be made, man.
0: Both ways, and the air should be on Magical, but as I praise your your mean, I got to give him a little hell right here. You're in first base, and yeah, this is your first time playing first base as a Major League Baseball player, but they gave you the glove. Perform. He should have caught the ball. It is a shitty throw by Nick Magical, and too many defensive miscues for a guy who plays second goddamn base, but I want your mean. To take it back. And I don't know if this is the reason why he got sat down the next inning and it was uh, Andrew Vaughn, or hopefully it's not an injury. I hope Tony's like, hey, man, you got to catch the ball, sit your ass down, or, hey, we need a better first base uh, and we need those balls caught just sit down we're good well he did he foul
1: that ball off his foot earlier in the game and so he i don't did. know if they, it was a cold night too i wonder if it was it was a lingering effect of that just a precautionary i've not seen any quotes from tony at this point but yeah your, your point is still valid like he, that's it's a, it's a these are major league baseball players and it's got to be made on both ends
0: yes yeah, so i would give the air to magical but yeah that is a thing that whew, i don't know like is he in his own head because these are routine plays. Routine. Let's go.
1: So then immediately following that, of course, uh, things start to happen. Josh Naylor reaches on a catcher's interference by Yasmani Grandal. This is his fourth catcher's interference on the season. It's really becoming a, a trend, and it's really aggravating when it happens. It feels so unnecessary, but our, our voicemailers felt compelled to weigh in on this one very early on.
0: What's going on? Penny Herb? watching this bullshit with the uh, fucking Grondahl. What is he doing, man? I mean, straight up, we should have never signed him. We should have kept McCann. Look what he's doing with the mess right now. He's throwing people out. He's not making every single error, every single fucking start that he makes. But I do have to say, Brave's heating up. Robert's heating up. My name's Mike. I'm from Bridgeport. Talk to you guys later. And that wasn't the only one, Herb. Thanks, Mike. Hey, this is Max from Bartlett. Um,
1: I just I can't quite believe these catchers' interference um, with Grant Dahl. You know, all I've ever heard from about Grant Dahl the past two years is how good he is at pitchers. Um, but, you know, he's hitting, he's hitting 150, and I know it's early on, um, but he's just striking out a ton. Um, hasn't been good with runners in scoring position hitting. Um, he can't catch a slider for for his life, um, and then all these catchers' interference balls he's missing it's just got so out of hand. And then he stops there, and they're still coming in. By the way, the voicemails about Grandal—people are not happy, and rightfully so. It just—it feels like, an you know, DJ was talking about this on the radio. I did not have the uh, luxury of seeing the the first catchers' interference uh, on video, but you know, DJ was was saying how, you know. Naylor this is the second time it's happened with Naylor in as many games uh, back there versus Cleveland. So it gets to a point where you have to game plan sort of like how a pitcher game plans. You have to game plan as a catcher and know, okay, Josh Naylor is prone is prone to, you know, have the extension and hit you on the back end whether it's by design or not, but now this is a running theme with him. It's happened twice. So that's something you have to account for, but just the overall concept, I don't I would assume that Yasmani sets up where he sets up, and that's what makes him an elite framer. But at one point, he would just say, dude, like, this is costing you. Uh, runs here, and this is not worth the risk. Like you are gonna have to set up, a, you know, few, a little bit further back, or I don't know, if, you know, gets better coaching with uh, Jerry Naron or I don't know what's going on. But this is something that we didn't hear a lot about before Yasmani came over, and it's it's clearly becoming a problem now. And I think teams are are scouting for that now. Clearly, with with Naylor uh, being uh, on the positive end of that twice for Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and that's on him. That's specifically on Yasmani. And yeah, if you're a great framer and that's the way you become a great framer, fuck all that. Don't do that because it's giving guys a chance to get on base where your pitchers are out there doing their duty. So yeah, you steal a strike here or there. Cool. But steal it within the framework of the rules to give these son bitches a free base this is your fourth air on a catcher's interference. It's early in the season. A catcher shouldn't have that many airs this early. Like he's giving free runs. And this is one of the White Sox bugaboos. The defense has to get better. And he's a huge part of it. Not only the catcher's interferences that he's running into, but later on a ball that was probably not pitched to where he wanted to, but it hit the middle of his glove and falls out. Like, I don't like this is not the first time all last year. We saw him not catch the ball. I don't know what's going on. If this was a thing in L.A. or San Diego and Milwaukee before he came here and those fans already knew about it. And that's why he wouldn't be touched because it is a mystery to me why he is so highly rated as a defender, because the time that he's been as a White Sox, I can see the framing. But I cannot see the good catching as they talk about it.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it plays into it, but in, in terms of being a, a a positive receiver, if part of that is having loose a loose grip with the glove and being able to just not not looks like you're. You're, you're jerking the ball back into the strike zone after you receive it. I don't know if it's all part of one fluid motion to just receive it calmly and smoothly. I don't know if that's part of it because it, it does happen a lot. And the Sox lost the game in Pittsburgh last year uh, because of it. Uh, but that wasn't even on, a, on a, a framing situation. That was just him catching. So I just you know n- nullified my own argument there. But And then it, you can't cover up the slider. Uh, after that, you know, and you could get runners in scoring position, and that was a, a point in the game where I said it was it was only three to one at that point, and the White Sox offense bailed them out tonight. But they, the the offense bailed out these boneheaded mistakes on the field, and if you're going to continue to operate on the margins, which they have over the course of the first couple of weeks of the season, where the offense hasn't shown up like it did tonight, like this is going to bite them in the ass time and time again, and we're still saying this. It's it's April twentieth, it's four twenty, and we're still talking about these these defensive miscues and not physical errors but most of them mental and that that's what's insane like i you know it's just it's so frustrating and it's it's these if you want to be the best team in the american league these are not mistakes that you can continue to, to keep making and I heard you on the radio today with Lawrence saying that you would send out Nick Madrigal uh, you know two sweet uh, to trade for Chris Bryant to get Nick Madrigal off your team uh, that, that, that was funny we'll examine that probably maybe later on in the week but
0: I uh, mean if anybody's out there who's listening to this and you wouldn't do that
1: please oh, <laughs> send me a, send us
0: at socks at Gmail or a voicemail 312-566-8727 why you wouldn't send Nick Madrigal and whoever <laughs> out To get Chris Bryant back, come on now.
1: (laughs) We'll preview tomorrow's pitching matchup, maybe, and uh, talk about what else we saw that went wrong tonight here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over. Baseball's just getting going here. You've still got the NBA going. Lots of good opportunities to make some money in the NHL as well. Every single night at Bet Online. As a matter of fact, Herbie, Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, and other types of entertainment.
0: Yeah, I'm looking right now at the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> BetOnline.ag has an entertainment section for the competitive eating. Right now, they have a bet up for Joey Chestnut eating over or under 74 and a half <laughs> hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest. Who friends? Um, I love that.
1: Should we do some more research on that one before? I
0: mean, (laughs) I mean, I know his records like in the seventies, but he's getting older. Like I think he he got his seventy five is the last year's um, hot dog eating championship, so he's got that record already. I don't know if there's impetus. He keeps on breaking his own record. I don't know if there's impetus for him to keep on doing it because here's no one close to him, so he's battling against himself. To eat 75 hot dogs in one sitting is ridiculous. So I'm going under on that one. I'm going under for Joey Chestnut 74 and a half hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest
1: oh boy yeah I'll have to do some more research here before I make my decision and plunk my money down at betonline.ag but they've got everything you can bet on uh, who's going to win the 2024 election already you can place a futures bet on that if you're into the markets you can bet on how well or how poor the market's going to do on a daily basis there's a lot of interesting things and lots of different ways to make money at betonline.ag the odds are updated in real time and there's props on almost anything you can imagine as I just said it's got you covered for the news scores and odds and BetOnline is the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up, best of all. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And do not forget our promo code locked on when you sign up and get your 50% bonus at BetOnline. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, the Playmaker, Jason Lockhanfora and Baldy Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team, making trades and picking the next stars of their team, search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A U D A C Y Odyssey. Uh, just taking a look at the rest of the box score here. The bullpen, not very good. This is what I'm talking about. Like when when your bullpen's bad and your defense is bad, your offense has to bail you out. I think mm-hmm. the way they had been playing up to this point, this is like I'm kind of surprised at the offensive output. This evening did actually bail them out, but Evan Marshall comes in, does a nice job for an inning. Aaron Bummer clearly didn't have it tonight; gives up a run in an inning. Uh, Garrett Crochet not does not look good. No, his ERA is only uh, one and a half, but he has not looked like the Garrett Crochet we saw last year. Um, you know, I don't know if it's velocity; it doesn't look like he's as deceptive when you're not throwing a hundred uh, yep. coming from that angle. Like you, you can be a lot easier to pick up, and he's just not not locating either, which doesn't help. Uh,
0: That's a mystery. Like he had one of the highest uh, amounts of throwing over a hundred miles per hour in his short stint in the majors last year, what he pitched like three or four times in the regular season. And he had like the second or third most uh, hundreds. I don't know if he's reached that this year that often it's mid nineties, still good, good upper mid nineties. Awesome. But I don't know what happened to that extra oomph. Maybe he has to work into that. I yeah. don't know.
1: I don't know. It's weird. Like Rodan show you, you can get people out with 95, 94, 95, but he's not that developed as a pitcher yet where he knows how to get those people out. So we're just coming straight right at you. And I think he knows that. And that's why he's been a little bit wild because he's probably not confident in this stuff. He knows like, oh man, I'm only throwing ninety four, ninety five up there in a straight line. Uh, I am gonna get rocked out here. So I would like to see what happens with him. You know, there was some speculation that maybe he would be the opener, in tomorrow's game, and I'm I'm looking at uh, James Vegan's Twitter right now to see if they've made an announcement on tomorrow. It's gonna
0: be Alex McCray. I telling you, yeah.
1: So the Sox called up Alex McCray from the alternate site before the game today, and you know, even you know, the smart people like James Fox, when James Fox weighs in and says they're gonna start Alex McCrae tomorrow, like you're a team that has championship aspirations, and Alex McCray is gonna start for you. So we we haven't. Okay, um so James Fegan just saying right now, Tony LaRusso says he expects to add Stever to roster, but still discussing tomorrow's starter. So I don't know by the time we get out of here if we'll know. Um but yeah, Alex McRae, I know nothing about him, but when James Fox, who knows a lot about these guys, McCrae pitched a little bit for the Sox last year in relief, not a whole lot to, to of sample size to work from there, but James Fox not particularly high on the idea of having him start a game against a division rival, and he certainly uh, you know, can't blame him. He's not a guy you hear a lot about when you talk about the Sox prospects but uh we shall see but the uh, bullpen not good tonight and tomorrow is uh who knows what's going to happen but we'll be here uh you know to recap tomorrow's game immediately after so I don't know if there's anything else in this game you want to get to because- yeah
0: um Vinny Duber from uh, NBC Sports Chicago just tweeted Larussa said he took Yermin out because of the, of the fifth inning because he sent some quote-unquote negative vibes coming from the typically upbeat Mercedes following a couple tough at-bats oh. in the air at first base. Sounds like he's okay physically following the foul ball off his foot.
1: You called it, Herb. You called it, uh, you know, a little little bit of a benching uh, for the lad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's if Tony. I'm, I trust Tony in that spot. You know we, know, we don't need the bad vibes, babe. We want good positive vibes only in this situation. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's he's not allowed to have a bad night. You know, I don't like, exactly <laughs> like what the hell, dude. Like, and like, <laughs> two
0: at bats, too, dude. Come on, hey, I, oof, <laughs> no hits. Get your ass in that bench, dude.
1: I, I don't know. That's that's baffling to me. Like, we we are not privy to what's going on in the dugout. I certainly didn't see anything from the NBC Sports Chicago cameras to show that he was in there pouting. But you know, Tony can't wait to to pull a young guy out of there that's doing good things. He cannot wait. Jake Lamb's going to be in there tomorrow, I'll bet you.
0: If he is, (laughs) I'm tired. Stop. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. All right. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him on Twitter, at Chris Tannehill, and me, Herb Lawrence, at 23 Our show is Locked on Sox, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to leave a voicemail, angry or not, Three one two five six six eight seven two seven is the way you could do that. That is Harold Baines, AJ Brzezinski, Mark Brewerly, Jorge Orta, Vincent Jackson, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson. Let's get ahead so of this. Th-
1: so Thursday we've got an oh, off yeah. day. We got an oh, off yeah, day we Thursday. Need you guys. So we, we you know we talked about kicking the tires on getting a, a Texas Ranger guy to talk about uh, Dane Dunning, but that's just going to be a downer, I think. Um, so we need your voicemails. And emails, big picture stuff for the White Sox. Hit us up for Thursday's show. So start fi- filling up the inbox right now for Thursday's show. We'll, we'll probably tape sometime Thursday night, even maybe even after the game tomorrow if there's time, if this one ends in a timely manner. But we've got a big empty hole in our schedule here on, for Thursday. So get those emails in early and often, would you?
0: Can we call Steel Walker, Texas Ranger?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Good he's on that. He's not in Texas Ranger yet. No, he's not. Um,. Yeah, so that is Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this victorious. Hopefully we get a sweep in Cleveland tomorrow locked on socks.